I don't know if you know this, uh, you may have been under a rock or not seen the news lately or, or whatever, but um, the economy's in the toilet. It's like horrible. I mean, it's like totally spiraling downward. And everybody's kind of screaming, recession, recession. And every time I turn on the news or see anything, that's all I hear about is the recession and where things are going. They're even talking depression, which is, I mean, that's like, you know, recession on an extreme scale. We haven't seen that in our lifetime. And there's people going to banks in, in other countries. And they're saying, I want my money. And the banks are saying, we know got your money. It's all gone. And there's this message that the doom and gloom is on the rise. The job market's in the toilet. I mean, it's just going down and down and down and down. I know as college students and career people, that's great news. Gee, Derek, this sounds like a happy, happy message. But that's what I'm hearing. That's what I hear when I see the news, when I have conversations with people is that there's this thing that's happening that's going to affect us. And it, it got me in this line of thinking of, of how, how am I supposed to react to this? How am I supposed to respond to this in life as a believer? What's my response? And God kind of led me to this scripture. I really started thinking about this. I was having conversations with my wife because we had talked to several people about, just been hearing a lot about the recession and you know things are getting crazy. You got to diversify your funds. Don't put all your money in one place or else something bad's going to happen. It's all going to be gone and you're going to be in trouble. The scripture for tonight, if you've got your Bibles, is 1 Peter 3, 13 through 15. And it, it, it kind of captures who we're supposed to be as believers in response to something like a recession or anything that comes our way in this world. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Let me repeat that last part. Being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. You see, I, I'm here to say tonight, when I hear the word recession and, and doom and gloom, and you know, there's all this stuff that's going on, we need to do this, we need to really chat about it and talk about it, what our response should be, and what, what in my bones, what I feel and what I want to say is, I don't give a rip about the recession. Because my hope is in something else. My hope is in something greater. I've put everything in this thing called following Jesus. All my eggs are in the Jesus basket. And I don't give a rip about the recession. Now I know the response that I'm going to hear is, well, you've got to be prepared, you've got to be wise. I'm not saying to be unwise. All I'm saying is we are supposed to be clothed with hope. When people ask us the question, what is your hope in? They should be asking the question. They should be knocking on your door going, Hey dude, what in the world is your hope in? Because it's not in the things of this world. 
You look different. You're clothed differently than I am. Your response is different. And I want to know what your hope's in. And your response is simple. It's in Jesus. I mean everything, all in, in Jesus. I looked up this uh, clip on YouTube. It was Oprah. And uh, it was a special guest, Susie Orman. She's a financial guru. And they had the, these, in this big text, I, as soon as the, the, the YouTube clip started, emergency. And she was talking about the doom and gloom. And I just got just this pit in my stomach thinking, this is what people watch, and this is where they're putting their hope. And they had this interview with this girl named Amy, and she was talking about how her life with her husband was good, they had money, and they were able to to spend whatever they wanted, and things were good. And now, everything that they had, the 401k that they had padded up, everything was gone, their emergency fund was gone, and they were living paycheck to paycheck. And her response was, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. And have we put ourselves in a position where we're terrified? Do our lives represent something that when the doom and gloom comes, when things like that hit, that we're terrified, that we're scared, that we're worried? Because if that's our response, then our hope's in something other than Jesus. It's in the things of this world. I'm going to do a, a, an illustration, because I, I think that as I look out, I mean, I think that our response is, is I'm glad I hope in Jesus. I hear what Derek's saying, I'm glad. That's where my hope is. I'm glad we're in a room full of people that, that, that believe that, that are headed in that direction. So let me, uh, let me get set up here. Okay, I got my stuff over here. I'm a good old boy, so you've got to bring a gun when you do a sermon illustration. All right. Let me see what we got going on over here. Let's see if this works. None of this was rehearsed, so... Beware. Don't be scared. I ain't scared. I'm a good shot. I'm telling you, I was a redneck. I shoot well. All right. This is loaded. It's a pellet gun. It's not a 22 or anything. It's going to be all right. I'm going to pump it up. It's a high-powered air rifle. You guys doing all right back there? How many of y'all think, how many of you think I can shoot that balloon? Come on. Come on. How many? Raise your hands. How many think I can shoot the balloon from here? Huh? Everyone? Think I can shoot it? All right. Who wants to come hold the balloon? Come on. I'm serious. I'm not playing around. Come on. I want everybody that thinks that they'll hold the balloon, that they trust me enough to hold the balloon up here. Alvin, are you it? Is that it? I got one, two, three, four, five, six. All right, stand over here. Five of you. Six. All right. All right. We're going to make the stakes a little bit higher. Hold it in your teeth. Who's going to hold it? Who's going to hold it in their teeth? Come on. No? Come on. Who's going to know? You're going to hold it in your teeth like this. Like this. Sideways. You'll do it? Will all y'all hold it in your teeth? He's not? 
All right, who want, do you want to be the, the dude? You want to be the dude? All right, y'all back out of the way. Get on your knees right there and then hold the balloon in your teeth. Shaking like a leaf, that joker is. <laughs> Shaking like a leaf. Go ahead. I'm not going to shoot the balloon. That gun didn't have a pellet in it. Y'all think I'm crazy? Good night. We all believe that our hope is in Jesus. James 2.19 says this. You believe that God is one. You do well. Listen up. This is the important piece of it. James 2.19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. I believe that you believe. I do. I believe that you believe. But have we gone far enough? Have we put all of our eggs in this thing called following Jesus? Have we put all of our eggs in that Jesus basket? Everything. Because when I look out over the crowd, what I think and what I feel like God has been telling me this week is I've had these conversations about when it comes, will people ask us what our hope's in? I think that group's a little bit smaller. We went from everybody to five to a dude shaking like a leaf. (laughs) And my guess is, it's not even a guess, I really feel like God's said this, that that sphere of people who have put everything, I mean full on, Jesus follower, all my eggs are in that basket when everything falls down around me, when the recession hits, that people can look at my life and say, their hope is in something different. Their hope is in Jesus, full on. They've got everything in Jesus' basket. The reason we know this is the way that that it's supposed to be is Jesus did it over and over and over again. When he asked the disciples to follow him, He did it a specific way. I think this is hilarious. I mean, it's not that funny, but it's pretty funny. And uh, Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus had asked him, hey, come on with me. Follow me. He says, hey, Jesus, I got to go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. I mean, Jesus is saying, hey, look, the dead's going to disintegrate on the grit right there. Leave him. And follow me. I mean, Jesus is serious. He's talking about denying your entire life and following him. It's not a, it's not a kind of a halfway thing. It's an all-in kind of thing. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself. That means everything. Everything about you. Denying it. And leaving it behind. And representing with your life that your hope's in something different. That your hope's in something else. The, the uh, commentary that I read on this verse says, Here Jesus adds the command to completely deny oneself. The call to di- discipleship demands that one completely abandon the natural desire to seek comfort, fame, and power. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. We want to have Jesus in our lives too. And Jesus wants your life. I was listening to worship tonight, and I was listening to the, to the, the songs that we sing. 
And I'm not going to, let me pull these out. But just some of the words. I will not be shaken. I mean, we're singing, I will not be shaken. I will give everything to you. In our response, that He is everlasting. Your light will shine when all else fades. When all else fades. Jesus gets to the heart of it when it, when it really stings and hurts. In Mark 10, He says to the, the rich young ruler, He's like, I've done everything I need to do. What else do I need to do to, to, to be a part of this following Jesus deal? And Jesus says, says sell everything. And give the money to the poor and follow me. And he walks away upset because he wasn't willing to do it. He wasn't willing to go all in, put everything that he had into this thing called following Jesus. He wasn't willing to do it. And I'm telling you tonight, for your lives to look different, for your lives to look different, for you to look like your hopes in something else, you're going to have to look different than the world. When you make decisions about your finances, it's going to have to look different than when everybody else makes a decision about finances. And when I say I don't give a rip about the recession, it's not that I think you should be unwise. All I'm saying is, I'm not going to frown one bit. I'm going to rejoice that my hope is in Jesus. And that if the storm comes, if I get stripped of everything, and I end up on a farm shooting something with my pellet gun, that I am going to smile and I'm going to rejoice because all I have is with Jesus. It's not depending on my finances or anything that I've set up for myself. It's all in Him. Every bit of it. Jesus talks about in Revelation what it looks like for a church to be existing in this place where we pseudo-follow Jesus and we kind of have one foot in the world and one foot out. And His response is, hey, I don't want you to be hot or I'd rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather you be white hot or freezing cold. Don't be in the middle because that doesn't do me any good. I'll spew you out of my mouth is what it says. It's a message of hope though. It's what is your hope in? What are you hoping in? What are you banking on? He is everything. If we really believe, beyond belief, belief enough to not just hold the balloon, but put it in our teeth to risk. Antley talked this morning about freedom and what it would look like for a, a church that was free, that we were stripped of religion. And I'll tack something onto that. How about risk? If we're free and we're willing to risk everything, then this church will change, not just this community, it will change the world. It will change the world. Psalm 73, 25 says this, and I love this verse. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart. You could plug in there my relationships, my education, my finances, my health, my cars, whatever I have, my parents, my job. Girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, children. They may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He is everything. 
He is everything that we need. And he wants us to represent our hope. Back to that core scripture in 1 Peter. What's your hope in? Is anybody going to ask you? Is anybody going to wonder when they, when they run into you? Are they going to ask you the question, what's your hope in? What's your hope in? Because it's definitely not familiar to me. You're hoping in something other than this world. You look different. You look different. I got permission to read this. It's an email I got this week from um, that uh, Jody circulated um, about Ed and Susan New's granddaughter. They've been going through a battle. I mean, a battle. Their daughter, their granddaughter, has something called um, SMA, spinal muscular atrophy. I'm going I'm to read some of this, and it's just this is what I'm talking about when I talk about being clothed with hope, like Peter says, that when the trouble comes, when everything comes, that you look different. Spinal muscular atrophy is a hereditary disease that causes weakness and wasting of the voluntary muscles in the arms and legs. It is caused by an abnormal or missing gene known as the survival motor neuron gene, which is responsible for the production of a protein essential to motor neurons. Without this protein, lower motor neurons in the spinal cord degenerate and die. Type 1, also known as Wardening-Hoffman disease, or infantile onset SMA, is evident at birth or within the first few months. Symptoms include, and this is what she's got, symptoms include floppy limbs, swallowing difficulties, weak uh, sucking reflex, and impaired breathing. There's no cure for SMA. Treatment consists of managing the symptoms and preventing complications. The prognosis for life expectancy is poor for babies with SMA type 1. Most die within the first two years. And this is Ed's response. I love this. While we are truly grateful for the medical specialists that are taking care of Riley, we also know that their word is not the final word. We hold to a fierce belief in the supernatural over the natural and a fearless trust in the goodness of God. And he quoted this verse out of the message. It's Lamentations 3, 21 through 26 and 28 through 32. And I'm going to read it because it's powerful. But there's one other thing I remember and remembering. And I keep remembering. I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with you, God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got. God proves to be good to the man who, is, who passionately waits, the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. When life is heavy and hard to take, to take and go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear, don't run from trouble, take it, Full force. That sounds like Peter. Just don't worry about it because God's got it. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of royal love are immense. This applies to everything in life. And... I know we say it a lot that we're not just coming to church to check the box. It's, it's more than that. But I'm going another step and saying it's even more than that. It's when you walk out the doors. It's everything. Do You have everything in your life in His hands. Everything. Does your life look different? When people look at you, does it look different? This last scripture, and we'll close. James 4. 
13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a town. Spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Do not waste your life hoping in this world. Putting any of your eggs in the world's basket. Don't waste your life. Because there is freedom in putting it all in one place. Which is what the world tells you not to do. They say diversify. We're going to put it all in one place. And we're going to put it with Jesus. And there's freedom in it. Because when people say, hey, there's a recession, you can say, hey, all my stuff's right here. It's with Jesus. Everything I've got is with him. Let's stand. Last chunk of um, good news about this is that if this sphere of the small core of people that that have got everything in Jesus' corner. They've pushed all the chips to Jesus' side of the table. Like I said, we won't be a church that just changes the community. We won't just be this small ripple, this little noise that we're making right now in Jacksonville. If, if a room like this all bought into this and believed it, I'm talking about balloon in the teeth believed it, then we would change the world. That the ripple, there, there would be people all over the world asking about River City Church and saying, what in the world is there hope in? Because it's not in this world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you just for your message of hope. That you will never fail us. That you will never leave us. That your life is better. Your life is grander. Your life is eternal. God, just make us bold representatives of hope and hope in you. God, let us wear that. When people ask the question, what our hope is in, that we can simply say it's in you. Everything that we have, everything that we are, is defined by you. Just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, let it just pierce tonight and drive us out of here with passion to look differently, to live differently, to be different for your glory. God, I just ask right now that you just send your spirit right now. Just send your Holy Spirit just to fall on this place and begin to turn hearts and turn minds to move from a place of just belief and into a place of full-on risk, laying everything out there for you, shedding all the stuff in this life that we hold on to. We begin to hold those things loosely. Just come right now, Holy Spirit, in your power. Just come, Holy Spirit, in your power. We're going to move into a time of 
prayer ministry. And this is just a time to just respond to what God's doing. For God to just, we just allowing God time to work, to work in your lives, to, to not leave things as they are. We're not about increasing the number of people here, but taking the people that are here and seeing them transformed by Jesus. And time and time again, during this time in the service, we see people's lives just just wrecked for the ordinary. And people begin to live extraordinary lives because of what God does, what God re-engineers in the heart. So if you want prayer tonight, just, just step forward. You can extend your hands just like you're receiving a gift. There's no magic to it. No, nothing special about it. it. just says, I am here, God. I want to put everything in your hands. I want everything that you have to offer. I want to be your hope bearer because you've given me hope. And in a minute, the prayer ministers will start moving around and, and just blessing what God's doing. And if you don't want prayer, you can kind of kind of sift to the back. When we're, when we're finishing up, there'll be food and snacks at the back. But just for this time, just respect other people that are going to get prayer. And I'm just going to ask the Spirit to come and just meet us here. Just come, Holy Spirit, right now in your power. Just meet us here in just a powerful way. Do what only you can do. Just reveal yourself to us in a powerful way. Reveal yourself to me. I want to be your hope bearer. Just come, Holy Spirit.